Nice. Especially since I didn't know, what was the one you said earlier? Temple of the Down or something? Oh. Temple of the Dog. <laughs> Temple, Temple of, of the, the dog. dog. Downward Dog, whatever. <laughs> Welcome to episode 35 of The Mashup, the best bourbon conversation you're going to hear all week long. We're your hosts, Michael, Anthony, and Stephen. Hey, fellas. Hello, ladies. <laughs> that sounds sexy. It does sound good. I, that, that intro, you know, there's a little bit more uh, pace to it this time. I mean, time, he was so. fired up for 35, I think. I think so. <laughs> Live at 35. Was it, was it too fast when you slowed that down? No, I think it was great. I'm excited. Yeah, no, I thought it was good. I mean, we've been trying to, we've been encouraging him to mix it up a little bit on that, right? Yes, and for everyone out there that's listening, the reason why he has to mix it up is because when we do the standard intro, I'm on the ground <laughs> laughing. I can't get through it. I have problems, and I say it all the time, but this is so that switching up actually helped out a lot. You know, by the 12th take, I'm just bored with it. Well, he keeps saying that he's going to let somebody else read it one time, but I don't believe it. You can't give up the creative I can't control? Give up that control. There's no way. Well, maybe one of these times. One, maybe, one of these days. Episode 39, maybe? Maybe 36. 36? Uh, you never I know. I believe it when I see it. Yeah. Well, it's good to see you guys tonight, man. Uh, I saw a guy out on uh, Man of War Boulevard today. Actually, a buddy of mine saw a guy out on Man of War Boulevard today when uh, he was driving home from work that was just drenched. Um, Poor soul. Yeah. Poor soul. That, that person he saw was me. Oh, oh. Yeah. So, there we go. You know, by that point, you know, I, I told my wife before I left, I was like, I'm going to stay close to the house. You know, if I got to do several laps around, you know, the neighborhood, that's what I'm going to do. And I took off and it was sunny and I was like, all right, I'm going to stretch it out a little bit, you know? And of course it started raining, you know, three miles from my house. So Jeez. at that point, you know, turning around, you're it, wet. What yeah, this point was and, and I turn around, doesn't do you any good. So just keep on going. Did you have that feeling when you were running, like, I'm getting stronger because I'm running in the rain, or did you just kind of are annoyed by no, it? No, it was just annoying. Okay. It's annoying. Like, I couldn't see. I, had, I put my sunglasses on because it was sunny when I left, you know, and of course I couldn't see. I needed, like, I kept thinking when I was running, I was like, I wish I had little windshield wipers on these things so that I could, <laughs> you know, knock that off on the way. But Going to go and earn that bourbon? Well, I'm going to earn... Uh, earn those booze. Yeah, there you go. We've been uh, looking for, you know, a place to move for a while we're happy where we are like we're not going anywhere you know we're not gonna in this crazy market right now like here in lexington i don't know if it's like that everywhere but houses especially in you know our neighborhood and close by are gone in like a day so oh yeah so you know like you just kind of look at them and see if there's anything you like but we're not going to overpay we're going to just you know find one we really really like so you, when you're looking on on zillow at houses I, my new fascination is looking at people's bourbon collection in their house (laughs) and you know when you're in kentucky right you're gonna have every house has one so you look at it and it's funny looking at the displays you know (laughs) i I don't mind some of them are good you know you get like the other day there was a guy that had you know he had a cypb and it was open and he had a i think he had a peppy 15 and it was open he had a uh, he had the uh, Al Young fiftieth. Uh, that was open too. No, that one wasn't open. Uh, but I mean, that was a but that was a great bottle. He had the Elmer T. Lee, the Death Bottle. That thing's skyrocketed in price. Yeah. So I mean, he had a ton of great stuff, you know. So I was like, I, as a matter of fact, I screenshotted it and sent it to you guys and a few other people, and I was like, man, this is the best collection I've seen yet on here. 
Now, did you make an appointment immediately I, to go see that house because you know, you're thinking? No, I didn't. I don't even know what made me look at that house because, like, it wasn't anything we were interested in. You know, I think you just need to bring your Glen Karen and just, uh, you know, I mean, just, pour a little bit and take yeah, a walk. Yeah, tell your wife go upstairs with the realtor if the bourbon collection's downstairs, and you know, just act like nothing happened. I mean, we sell that we buy the house from him. Maybe he would give us a pour for you know a little closing ceremonies. That's true, right? That's, but but seriously though, like. Other people just do like a couple of bottles here and there, like as, on their counter as display. And it's funny looking at the ones that people have. Like one guy had a Booker's or something like that. I'm like, of all the bottles there are to pick, you're not drinking it. So why is it sitting out? On your, so you're just putting it out there for decoration. That's the bottle you want out so there? So it's almost like a bar <laughs> cart in a way. Kind of like that, but like. And it's always like, what do you pick? Right. Now, Booker's does have that nice wooden box with the plastic shield on it. Yeah, it did have the, the nice wooden box. So it looks like it's something that you might want. So I get it a little bit, but then there's also some really hardcore Booker's people. But yeah, if you're going to display something, display like a Van Winkle or yeah, an antique something, collection. You know, something that's got a cool, you know, that when people come in, they're going to be like, oh, that's cool looking. You know, that's a cool looking bottle. Rock Hill Farms. Yeah, that would be a good one. Yeah. Um, I know we talk about bottles all the time, but, you know, you know, like a makers, there's a lot of makers. on When you look at people's, um, you know, their houses, a lot of them have makers up there. But Absolutely. here's the question. Do you want the realtor taking a picture of your collection? Is this a good thing or bad thing? I think in Kentucky, it's probably a good thing. Like, like you think that would get eyes on to come to the house? Well, when you're in like a, you know, when it fits into the the possibility of selling the house, you know, so like it might be on a bar, you know, on a shelf behind a, a bar in, in a basement or in a kitchen or something like that, you know, you can kind of advertise that, hey, look, there's a place to put your stuff, put your stuff, yeah. you know, you don't want just the one. I don't think you just want the one sitting out on your counter that you've been, that you drank last night, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Hey, look, I got wild turkey out there. <laughs> what do you guys think about that, though, in general? Because I've noticed a big trend that people like to post their entire collection online. I know this is incidental, right? So it's on Zillow. It's not like it's planned. The realtor may have accidentally taken a picture, but I personally have never snapped a photo you know, of my whole entire collection and posted it on like a national group and been like, lucky me or whatever the hell people say. You know what I mean? I don't know what you guys feel about that. Cause to me, sometimes I'm like appreciative of what they got going on. And other times I'm just like, what a loser. Yeah. I like it. I kind of like it. I don't mind looking at them. Just yeah. see what people found hunting. And- yeah. And then, then to make fun of people that think they have something good and they don't really, you know, that's true. Yeah. I guess you're right. You know, especially in like, outside of Kentucky groups, you know, where we've gone on vacation and I've joined groups, you know. And, I think those might be the more interesting ones. They are, because they'll it's have, like, like what, do they, what can they find? Yeah, they'll have, like, bizarre things up there, you know. George Dinkel. They're like, how, I mean, how's, my, how's my collection going? <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking at it, I'm just, like, shaking my head thinking. Well, the CVS uh, has that for special. Yeah. It has that on <laughs> sale. <right>. <laughs> and, 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 like, you know, they, they buy whatever and they spend – you know, I'm looking at those bottles. I'm like, those suck. And you spent 80 or $90 on them. I also think it's like a security risk too, right? If you start posting massive pictures of all the bourbon you have, yeah, somebody might get uh, crazy on the bourbon one night and come looking for your bourbon. You know, people yeah. are this, a little I mean, goofy. the secondary alone. I mean, someone could have tens of thousands of dollars just sitting there. Oh, yeah. And yeah. So that might be a little worried, I guess. And, and there are people out there that have collections that big. I mean, obviously, I don't, I've never... Seen that I did leave person, my garage but... door open one time all night, and sitting on the shelf in our garage is Rock Hill Farm and Weller Twelve, and you know 
And it was just show. like, so I mean, you know, oh, that's where it's at. Yeah. So oh, okay. You drive yeah. into, you know, you're driving up the street and you see my garage door open, your headlights are going to shine right on there. So that's uh, something I might do tomorrow. <laughs> and, you, and you know what? The idiot will probably steal like my lawnmower. There you, know? you go. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to take the mower. Well, I think, um, you know, I might have to drive over to Banners for the wing night yeah. tomorrow and then on the um, way the back, door, stop by your garage. Garage door will be shut. <laughs> I promise you that. <laughs> Well, gentlemen, tonight for episode 35, we brought out a, I guess, quote, a special bottle. Yes. We we've not had it, but it is a J.P. Weiser, 35 years old. Oh, so that's why we chose it. That's why we chose yes, it. Yes. Uh, very uh, cliche so, of us to do that. So but. I know you guys will never think that I, I'll get this, but we are going, so a couple of them maybe you will, but we're going to the land of Shania Twain. Oh, Canada. Celine Dion, <laughs> Michael Bublé, Rush. Oh, oh you didn't think I'd get that one, did you? Nice. Especially since I didn't know, what was the one you said earlier? Temple of the Down or something? Oh. Temple of the Dog. <laughs> Temple, Temple of the, the dog. dog, Downward Dog, whatever. <laughs> all the all the Pearl Jam fans and Soundgarden fans are cringing They're right all now. turning it off now. <laughs> yeah. This guy has his opinion sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so... The J.P. Weiser's, um, this is actually distilled by the Hiram Walker and Sons Distillery, I believe, in Ontario or Windsor. I'm not 100% sure. But the bottle date is 2018, and the ABV on this is 50%. The proof is 100. As we mentioned, it's aged 35 years and carried an MSRP in the United States of $120. Bucks. Um, the mash bill is a mystery. I've read a little bit online about this because, to be honest, none of us really know a whole lot about this brand. But uh, J.P. Weiser's is the oldest continuously distilled whiskey in Canada. And they've changed hands a couple of times. I think they're currently owned by Pernod Ricard. What I read about this is that it's actually a high ABV corn whiskey that starts out aging in virgin oak. And then they somehow or another take and put it in ex-bourbon casks as well. And then they mix some rye in there um, as well. So we don't know the exact mash bill. All we know is that this has been aged 35 years in a variety of casks, virgin oak and ex-bourbon casks, and appears to be a blend between high corn and also a rye whiskey distilled separately, then mixed together. So double distilled is what it said. Sounds very complicated. Yeah, it does. And I mean, when you're not dealing with traditional bourbon here we're dealing with the canadian whiskey it almost kind of sounds a little bit more like how they make scotch right i mean you could have been telling me anything and i have, I have no idea so <laughs> i mean you lost me at everything <laughs> so it's a cool i kind of like the bottle it's heavy maybe it's because it's full but it's heavy and it's got that square shaped to me it looks like a canadian whiskey bottle okay you know i don't know they canadians look like they got a little higher class in them than Bourbon bottles, <laughs> you know, like they put a little more effort into it. It seems like it. They can make a great square. It looks. While like. we were talking about <laughs> what a couple episodes ago, bottles that you can store in your cabinet. This one right here, you know, if you had twenty of these bottles, you can fit them all in the cabinet. Very symmetrical, yeah, perfect fit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So the thing that I noticed about it, of course, you know, it's written in French and English. So, um, so I like that, but. Uh, it is the 2018 Canadian Whiskey of the Year. So, I mean, that's a that's a pretty big honor, right? 
I would think so. And they only produced I mean, I they only produced this for two years, as far as I could tell, which was seventeen and eighteen. So that's why this one, being an eighteen, actually has the accolade from the seventeen on it. And I'm looking. I'm comparing it to a, a bourbon bottle we've got sitting here, where we got our in America, we put the big government warning on the side of the on the side of the packaging. <laughs> there is no government warning in Canada. They're just they just let you have it, right? <laughs> like the only warning they have, and I like this, is this silhouette of this pregnant lady drinking right here. Oh, and they put a line through it. So <laughs> no no drinking. No if you're pregnant, pregnant ladies drinking this. All right, and it you know it's kind of got a got a good uh it's got a good look to see you guys are looking at it now you didn't see that earlier did you i didn't see it but now i'm being reminded of the time when i went up to windsor and i noticed that the cigarettes not that i smoke cigarettes but maybe that weekend i did um have big warning labels on the front of them with like rotting teeth and destroyed lungs and things like that so this is kind of the opposite it's more minimalist than the what they had on the cigarette packs so did you ever we had uh in college we had groups of people that would go it was about to Windsor, it's like what six or seven hours from here. Um, we had people that would drive like they're they would drive to Windsor to to drink and gamble because you only had to be eighteen in Canada. Yeah. So they would they would have like their uh, like fraternities and stuff would have their formals and stuff up there because you only had to be eighteen to to drink and gamble up there. Yeah, we we did similar things. Yep. Yeah, that's what we you know being in Northeast. Yeah, you were a lot closer yeah. too. It was only we would drive up to the Bowling Green Toledo area, visit friends up there, and then just head up to Windsor. How far is that? I think it was a couple hour drive. No, it's not very bad much. at all. Yeah. I do that every weekend. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a couple hours to there, Bowling Green and Toledo, but then it was only a couple more hours, maybe three or four from there. I think I'm probably getting that wrong, but that's how long it seemed to me. So yeah, we would do it quite often. I went to Windsor once. That was the only time I've been to Canada. Yeah, yeah. I took my dad took it. I think we were going to Detroit and. We drove across to Windsor, ate at the Pizza Hut, came back. <laughs> nice. Yeah. One in Canada, right? Yeah. One in Canada, but we paid with American money, so did I really even do anything? <laughs> there you go. I was going to say that I think that in terms of Canadian whiskey, just thinking about this uh, brand, I think here we're more used to, you know, Crown Royal, Canadian Club, you know, even some respects more recent ones like Caribou Crossing because it's owned by Buffalo Trace, but I'd really never heard of J.P. Weiser's until... I came across this bottle uh, down in North Carolina. I think I told that story in a previous episode where I was basically walking in there looking for bourbon, and then I saw this sitting on the shelf. It was just, and the guy kind of laughed when I bought it and said, uh, "Yeah, we've had that for four years." And so here we are. So four years on the shelf, thirty-five years in the barrel. So that was that take us back to nineteen eighty-two. Uh, what was going on in nineteen eighty-two? I can't mathematics. I, I was I you. was two years old then, right? Yeah. yeah that was Maybe. the year I was born. Oh, I was one and a half then. I hope they had a good winter in Canada or a good s- distilling season. I guess we're going to find out. Should we go for our first notes? Why, yes. Yes, we should. It smells like poutine. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, who wants to say how, how lovely this smells? And then we get Michael saying it, the poutine, which... You know, it's a Canadian like delicacy. Gravy and fries and cheese curds, yeah. which we all doesn't like I any love of that. that stuff. But we should we should have some right now. Oh, it would so be good. perfect. I mean, besides the ethanol that I I smell, it's very sweet smelling. Very sweet. Yeah, kind of like a lot of light fruits on the the nose. And I do have to say something about this color. For being a hundred proof, it looks like an eighty proof bourbon. 
It's it very, does. It's very yellow. The color is not super rich, considering, and I think that probably has more to do with well, colder weather, I would say, if it's being aged in Canada. Also, the fact that I don't know how long it stays in the virgin oak versus the ex-bourbon casks, so of course it's going to have less color to it if it's in the ex-casks, so... The color is um, not as dark as you'd think it'd be for a 35-year-old whiskey. Yeah. No, I think it's one of the best-smelling whiskeys we've had. I, I agree. I, I Really, what I'm drawn to is, like, there's a very antique wood note that comes out on the, the, the nose as well. It almost smells like, and not that people like to go, I mean, I personally don't like to go to antique shops, but I went to them with my parents when I was younger, and... Um, this sort of has that sort of antique shop sort of old wood smell to it, which old baby crib. Yeah, is, is pleasing actually. It's not a not a bad thing. Get the old desk that's got the roll top. Yeah, <laughs> smells like my grandparents' basement. There you go. <laughs> mm. All right, all right. A little bit of funk. Go for our taste. Here we go. So I think it's it's got like that that same aftertaste that that we had with the malted. The barley and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's the taste I get at the end. I think it's pretty smooth. I think yeah, it tastes pretty good. I'm just getting a, a black licorice on the on the back end. Yeah, I taste the the black licorice. Um, I think the after note that we're getting, or all of us are getting, is more of like a rye funk. So like, I don't know how to describe it other than like almost uh, like a grainy vegetably. Which doesn't sound pleasing, but it is. Well, the other thing that I noticed is when we're looking at this bottle, there's like almost like a white orbs floating in it and a couple little pieces of what looks like barrel char. So I'm assuming that's got to be some of the fats because this probably it doesn't say on it that it's non-chill filtered, but it, it probably it looks is. like it though. Yeah, it looks like it for sure. It's got some interesting notes. So do people in Canada drink Canadian whiskey? Like, is that a big thing you think? I don't know, actually. I mean, I, I really don't. We call it Canadian whiskey, but I mean, I, I mean, know. do people in Kentucky drink bourbon? Well, we do. But well, they may. Are they as passionate about it though? About their Canadian? Whiskey? That's what I'm saying. Are yeah. saying it's more? Is it more of an export? Yeah, I, don't I mean, know. Are, are they going? Are they lining up at at their uh, local Total Wine and, on Saturday mornings to get the latest release of Canadian whiskey? My guess would be no, based on the reviews that I was reading about this and when I was trying to get information about it. A lot of people were complaining that it cost $200 Canadian. And so I would imagine if there was that much complaining that nobody was running out to buy it. And, you know, here, the fact that I could find it for 120 bucks, sitting on a shelf, not saying in North Carolina, maybe they just don't have a lot of uh, Canadians down there in North Carolina that would care. But maybe, I don't think so. I don't know that they go as crazy for it as we I don't do, know. But. I just, A, I don't know any Canadians, and B, I don't know much about the Canadian whiskey market. I did see, did you see the other day where um, Crown Royal's putting some RTDs out that are like the Crown Royal peach and all that? They're in cans. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So I just came across that on social media the other day. Apple, peach, you know. Were you thinking I might replace some of your seltzers? No, no, no. I was speaking of uh, Ranch Water now is in Kentucky. Yes, uh, yeah. Ranch Water is in Kentucky. I went to um, Total Wine and saw it the other day. Oh, did you? They was this the variety pack? They have no. They had it all. They had the variety pack. They had the uh, just the original in like a six pack. Um, they had the spicy in a six pack. So 
we loaded up on it the last time we were in Tennessee, or uh, my wife's uh, aunt brought brought us some. So we're yeah. good for a little bit. But one more thing I wanted to mention real quick to go back to the whiskey is you guys both told me when we were just tasting this briefly that you thought there was a smoky flavor to it. I'm picking it up a little bit more now as I sip it. So I just wanted to mention that because we didn't talk about it. Might have something to do with the uh, the pictures they put in Canada of the people that smoke <laughs> with their teeth all rotted. And... Yeah. Put that in the barrel. Put put that in your barrel and That's smoke right. it. <laughs> and just put your cigarette out. You're going to put it out in the barrel. Mm. Delicious. So, Yummy. So, gentlemen, would you pass, try, or buy on the J.P. Weiser 35-year-old bottle? Okay, so I actually would buy it if it were cheaper. I mean, 120 bucks here. Um, I kind of, I was pleasantly surprised. You guys know I don't like anything that's from out of Kentucky and not bourbon, but this was actually... And something that actually has a smoky note to it. Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. But it shows you that it can be smoky if it's done right. Like, you know, we've had other things that taste smoky, and I think it's just cheaply done. I said not feel like it was cheaply done. I would buy it. Yeah, Um I actually am going to agree with you here. The only other J.P. Weiser's product that I've ever tried in my entire life was a 18-year-old version of their Canadian whiskey. Well, that's what I was getting ready to say. What if what if it were 18 years old, 12, 15, 18 years old, and it's 30 or $40? You know, like, I'm, I'm assuming it gets cheaper the younger it is. It is. It, it is. Would yeah. it taste, if it, t- if it tasted similar to that right there, I'd buy it. You know what? Since this is 35 years old, this were a bourbon, it would be almost impossible to drink because of all the wood that is in it. Since they were doing all this barrel dancing with it yeah. during the years, it did not really retain any of that, I guess, high oak flavors. Well, that's probably one factor. And then the other factor is, is I have, how we didn't even know what the ABV was when this thing like came off the still. They say high proof, but what's high proof mean to them? Like, are they yeah. bringing it off at 135? Are they bring it off mm-hmm. at like 104? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you got to translate to Canadian proof. Yeah. Oh, is that is that a is that a translation? I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> Canadian proof to English proof. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's like Fahrenheit, <laughs> Celsius, meters and cent and inches. I love it. Even hey, even with that new information, I will say this: I would probably still be a buy because the eighteen-year-old version of this that I tried was a considerably older release, so it wasn't one that was from two thousand. It was from the early two thousands, and it was almost like drinking a rum. It was so sweet, and it got me thinking about what it had been aged in. But with this one being aged in ex-bourbon casks, I think it actually is more to my liking than the other one I've tried. And so even at 120 bucks, when you think about it, a 35-year-old, if you had a 35-year-old bourbon, they'd probably be selling it or trying to get like $1,000 for it because of how the bourbon market is right now. So well, Could you even drink that? I don't know that there's some companies that, that what put some really old stuff out and they charge a lot for it, but I don't know if I could drink it or not. What is that company? I can't remember. It's it star. Was, is it almost a star? It, I remember here. In, it's it's, it's over in England, right? They go and they get all these, um, let's just call them orphan barrels, and then they bottle them up. And they're, yeah. one, they're once in a lifetime like bottles. Yes. Isn't there something too recently they did like Last Drop or Drip or something where they bottled like a really small bottle and charged like hundreds of dollars for it because oh, it was I like mean, the first, sure. first thing ever distilled no, by some I company? Heard, I haven't heard that. Yeah, there's all kinds of crazy stuff with the age and age statement alone. So if you wanted to add a 35-year-old whiskey of any mm-hmm. variety, I mean, a 35-year-old scotch is going to cost you an arm and a leg too. So I'm okay with this. I'd buy it. 
So I've actually, I've enjoyed this, but I don't know if I've enjoyed it $120 worth. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely try. No doubt about that. But I don't know as far as my experience with it, uh, if it's worth the 120 So I will be a try. I think that's fair. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think what Steven's saying is fair. I, I don't even know how I would get to the point of trying it because I don't know. Being a Canadian, Where are you going to try it at? Right, and being a Canadian whiskey, I'm probably not going to try it anyway. But I'm glad that I did because... Yeah. And while we're talking about it, since we like to talk about availability and things like that, I wasn't... This is not available. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. the thing. You say we try to a, pride ourselves on stuff you can buy, but you can't buy this one. So. Well, we say it's not available, but the fact that I was just him hawing around in small town North Carolina and came across it, I mean, I'll admit, I didn't know enough about it to even know whether or not I should buy it. And I, uh, I messaged with a few people that said, yeah, buy it. And I'm happy I did. But the thing is, is if it sat there for four years in small town, North Carolina, it's probably going to be on a shelf somewhere else in the United States with people walking right past it to buy the eight-year-old George Dickel bourbon. <laughs> I think I got your vitamins in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys did see that, right? George Dickel has an eight-year-old bourbon now with oh, a gold label. That. It says it says George Dickel bourbon now, not Tennessee whiskey mm. anymore. So, so now we're, we got, they got a gold dick and Dickel. There you, <laughs> there you go. And I'm not trying to rag on them. I enjoy their products, but I'm just saying, like, that's that's the kind of stuff. There was plenty of people in the bourbon aisle in North Carolina where I was at. And nobody looking at the Canadian whiskey. Like I said, even the clerk laughed at me. Like, why would you buy oh, that? So this is obviously over a little bit than the normal bourbon section. Yeah, it was in the section with Canadian whiskey, okay. and the bourbon section was like right in the back wall of the store. The whole entire See, I think store. In, like in I think middle. around here, it would get bought because it's 35 years old, and they would probably put a 35 year old bourbon behind the counter, and people buy everything that's behind the counter. Oh, I think so too. But I, have you seen J.P. Weiser's Canadian whiskey and like? Our stores around here. No, I've never but seen. I've it. never really. Looked I've never either. noticed. Yeah, I've looked around after. I, I think maybe Liquor Bar might have like one of the young expressions, but I've not seen it anywhere around here. Probably because it doesn't sell. And with that, thanks for listening to this week's edition. Please like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Mashup KY. Also, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, keep it neat. <laughs>